Forget facts. Forget logic. Forget everything that seems real. Just trust. Believe. <laughs> This is a story that spans over 20 years. Some of the things have been told to me, and others I have experienced for myself. There must be details that I cannot remember or don't even know, but here goes. When I was little, I lived with my mom and dad in an apartment. One day, I had gotten a red helium balloon which floated in my ceiling beside my bed as I slept. The door to my bedroom was open just a crack and my mom and dad sat in the living room, which was located next to my bedroom. All of a sudden, my helium balloon came floating out of my bedroom, not along the ceiling, but approximately half a meter above the ground. It kind of bopped up and down, as if a child was walking with it. My mom and dad sat and watched in disbelief as the balloon floated past the TV and repeatedly hit the window across the living room. My mom stood up, grabbed the balloon by the string, and put it back in my room, where it immediately hit the ceiling as she let go. After a few minutes, the balloon came out again and repeated the movement exactly as before. My mom put it back in my room, but sure enough, it came back out again. At last, my mom tied the string around my bed tightly, and the balloon stayed there. Remember this story for later. Fast forward a few years, I'm around 10 years old, my mom and dad aren't together anymore, and my dad has a new wife and lives in a new house with my baby stepbrothers. Whenever my little sister and I visited my dad, we would always have an uneasy feeling as soon as we stepped into the house. The nights were almost unbearable, and I spent many hours at night covered in goosebumps and completely alert until I would pass out of exhaustion. I always had the feeling that someone or something was watching me, and I could have sworn that I could hear breathing. My sister and I slept on mattresses on the floor, and every inch of us was completely under the duvet. We just had this overwhelming feeling of wanting to be as small and invisible as possible. Then we started experiencing things in the daytime. My dad had two lovely dogs, a Labradoodle and a Great Dane, and they were the loveliest, kindest dogs. They began to stare at the corner of the living room and would sometimes rush over there, just to be standing completely still, sometimes with a low growl. My dad has always been a prankster kind of type and loved to scare me and my siblings, so he would tell us that the house was probably haunted, while he laughed and made these cartoon ghost sounds. I did not find it funny, because I had a feeling that that was exactly true. Over the next years, things would progress, and everyone in the family would both see and hear things. One night, I was watching a film with my dad in the living room and needed to go to the bathroom. From the living room, you could see the entrance of the house and the bathroom door. 
I went to shut the door after me in the bathroom when I felt a tuck at the door. I looked out and said, what? Thinking my dad needed to grab something from the bathroom. There was no one there. I just shrugged and tried to shut the door once again when it was tucked even harder. I said, what do you want? And opened the door completely, expecting to see my dad. I looked in the living room where my dad sat, now peeping his head out so he could see me, and he looked back at me and asked, What's going on? Who are you talking to? I instantly had a gut-sinking feeling and goosebumps all down my back. I tried to shut the door again when it was pulled so hard I lost grip of the handle. I raised my voice and said, Stop this now! And the door immediately swung shut in my face so I fell back into the bathroom. When I had done my business and went back to the living room, my dad made a jokey comment about it, but I was too frightened to talk. After that, my dad would tell us things that happened almost every time we would come to visit. But he always laughed about it and said that his wife did not believe it. She was a skeptic at heart and always had an explanation for all the things that happened, even when I could see no logical explanation. They would often see shadows and hear creaking, as if someone was walking up and down the stairs. My baby brothers would start to be very fixated on the same corner as my dogs and would often point over there. My brothers had one of those teddy bears where you would hug them and it would say different phrases. Well, one night as we were all sitting in the living room, the teddy suddenly started laughing and talking. It was the first time that something happened while we were all there and this time, even my dad's wife seemed unsettled. What seemed to finally convince my dad's wife was one night when she had gotten to bed before my dad. She was just about to fall asleep when she heard my dad come into the bedroom. You know that feeling when someone lays in bed next to you? You can feel the bed way down and the duvet being slightly pulled? Well, she had that familiar feeling and said something to my dad. There was no reply. That's when my actual dad came into the bedroom and she could hear him humming to himself. She quickly sat up and stared at his side of the bed, which was completely empty. My dad and his wife began to regularly see the outline of a child standing at the foot of their bed. The first time it happened, they thought, logically enough, that it was one of their sons. So they asked what was up, but to no reply. When they turned on the light, there was no one there. They would often hear giggling. Toys would regularly go off by themselves. Toy cars would speed across the floor, and so on. As my stepbrothers got older, they started telling their friends that their house was haunted. One day, the eldest of my brothers had a friend over. The friend asked my dad if it was true that there was a ghost at the house. My dad, still joking around about the whole situation, said, yeah, but I will find the ghost's old bones and I'll piss on them to show them who's the boss. As soon as he said this, a heavy glass jar filled with marbles flew from the shelf it was standing on directly towards my dad who was about one and a half meters away and smashed to the ground in a million pieces. After that, the experiences would turn more and more aggressive. We would often get extreme headaches at the exact same time and feel sick and nauseous. It was not just shadows, sounds, feelings, and toys anymore. Things started to physically move. 
When my dad had folded the laundry, all the clothes would suddenly be back in the washing machine when he went to put it away. Dishes would be back in the dishwasher when they had already been put away, and things like that. Both my dad and his wife would wake up in the middle of the night as they felt and heard raspy breathing close to their faces. We started to call the shadows the child and the lady, as they were the two most active of the shadows. One day, now being around 18 to 19 years old, I came to visit my dad. As soon as I stepped into the house, I felt light and relaxed. I never felt that in my dad's house. I was weirded out, because all of those experiences and occurrences, though scary, were completely normal to us by now. They had been happening for over ten years. My dad then went on to tell me that his mother, my grandmother, a few weeks earlier had convinced him to get a clairvoyant to the house. My dad was very skeptical about this, but had agreed. When the clairvoyant came to the house, she had gone straight to the infamous corner of the living room and said, Yep, there is a lady here. Long story short, she could recite almost everything that had happened and point at the locations without them even telling her a thing. She then said that there was an older man, a lady, and a young boy. This doesn't freak me out, to be honest. What made me sick to my stomach was when my dad's wife had supposedly asked what they could do to get the spirits out of the house. The clairvoyant had replied, Oh, these spirits aren't attached to the house. They are attached to you. As she pointed straight at my dad. Remember the story about the balloon? It makes me think that it must be the same child holding my balloon over twenty years ago. The clairvoyant supposedly showed the spirits to the other side, but as of recently, I am thinking that's maybe not the case. I am now twenty-five years old, and neither my dad or my brother are who they used to be. Their behavior has completely changed. Maybe the spirits have come back and manifested themselves in a new way. I have two stories to share, one from my childhood and one that's more current. Here's a little backstory on myself first. I'm from a small town in Mississippi where there is only one church and everyone in town attends. I grew up with this church, like all good southern girls do, going to Sunday school and then to service every Sunday and Wednesday. I had always heard ghost stories, but never really believed them. One night, when I was between the ages of 10 and 13, I was sitting in my room on my phone, about to go to bed. It was rather late, and I had school in the morning, and I was getting tired. My parents were already in their room, half asleep. Right as I was about to get up and turn off the lights, something fell off of my bed and onto the floor. Thinking nothing of it, I bent down to pick it up. When I did, I heard a voice. It was as clear as day. It was a masculine voice that I hadn't heard before that simply said, Get up. 
I immediately shot up and sat on my bed, looking at myself in the mirror. I was scared shitless, to say the least. I had never believed in monsters under the bed my entire life. I sat there for probably five minutes contemplating on what to do. What if someone was under my bed? What if they were waiting for me to go to bed to kill me? I didn't know if I was just imagining it. And what if my dad didn't believe me? But since I was so scared, I decided to tell my dad. I woke him up from his sleep and told him what had happened. He seemed confused, but followed me to my room. He looked under my bed with his flashlight, but didn't see anything. He asked me to tell him again. I told him again, and seeing that I was so shaken, he left the room and came back with a Bible. He read some scriptures about demons, and I didn't hear the voice again. But that could only last so long. So on to the next story. When I saw the woman in flannel, I was 24. I'm 25 now, so this is still fresh. I've since moved to a new town in a suburban neighborhood. I was laying one night asleep, and it was just like any other night. I tossed and turned, and roughly around 2.30 a.m., I woke up. I remembered because I always checked my phone to see how much time I had left to sleep before getting up for work. I remember feeling that someone was staring at me from the corner of my room. I felt uneasy and uncomfortable. I looked around until my eyes settled on a figure that stood in front of my laundry basket. My laundry basket sits in the corner of my room just a couple of feet from the end of my bed. When my eyes finally adjusted, I saw the figure of a woman standing there. She was entirely black with no face, long black hair, which seemed to rise and float around her. Strangely, she wore a yellow flannel that hung from her shoulders. That's probably why I wasn't so afraid of her. But in that moment, I remembered hearing about shadow people. And that thought alone made me afraid. So I closed my eyes and hoped that she would leave when I woke up again. It felt like a good couple of minutes. I wanted to check and see if she was still there. I opened my eyes and looked to where she was. I didn't see her. Something felt off, though. I had this presence. I turned my head slowly to see the woman with the flannel laying next to me on her side. She was looking down on me like my mom used to look when I was a little girl. She would watch me sleep. The dark figure had no features at all. Just a woman looking down and watching me. When I looked at her, she didn't move. For a second, I thought that she was my mom until I heard my mom's footsteps at my door. I looked back at her, and she didn't seem to move. I fell back to sleep. I haven't seen her since, and I'm not sure what she wanted from me, if she was just passing through, or if she's just waiting to surprise me on another random night. 
This story took place years ago. I would say when I was in my early 20s. I don't think I have told very many people besides a handful. Mostly because I never want to be reminded of the terror I felt. When I think about how it took place, it was one of the very few times where I physically felt that something was unnatural and very wrong. At the time, I lived in a nice, cozy apartment complex with my mother. It was close to the mountains, located in a very safe, gated community. I always felt safe there, especially at night. Being younger, I was out quite a bit, and I never felt scared walking in the dark to my car or to my front door. My mom still lives there, and I eventually came back after starting my own family. It was like home to me, on and off for years. It was, and still is, a perfect place to live. I think for that reason, I blocked out what happened, because I knew that it wasn't the atmosphere of the complex or the people that lived there. It was just some happenstance of one night for no particular reason. I am a person who loves the spooky, supernatural, creepy side of life. Halloween is my favorite holiday, and I will watch anything scary that I can. Me and my best friend even worked at a haunted house as actors, and it was the greatest thing I've ever done. As I got older, I was a lot more careful of what I invited into my life. I believe that I am sensitive to things that I could possibly bring into my home or invite into my life. That terrifies me. I made sure that I surrounded myself with positive people and that I never invited or gave anything attention that could possibly stay in my life and attach itself to me. One particular evening, I went out with one of my really good friends. I cannot recall what we had done that night, but she was dropping me off at home and we were parked at the curb with the car idling, talking for quite a while. We were not paying any attention to our surroundings. It was pretty late, so I didn't expect to see anyone out at night at that time. I wish I remembered if we were talking about anything in particular that was scary, because maybe that's why it happened, but I don't have the answer to that. I then noticed as we were chatting that a woman had walked across the parking lot to her car, and that she was holding a white garbage bag and had a little boy with her, maybe nine or ten years old. I watched her for no particular reason as she got in her car, only because my friend was talking and that's just where my eyes went. My friend's car was facing the entrance of the complex, so I just expected her to pull out and drive out of the complex. She then pulled out and went the opposite direction, taking us around to the back of the complex. At that moment, I forgot about the lady and just continued to listen to my friend. The weird thing about this next part was the fact that I remember quite some time passing since I saw the woman, because I had completely forgotten about her entirely. Then, out of nowhere, I noticed my friend got really quiet, and she looked pale. I asked her what was wrong and she was looking in her rear-view mirror with her eyes so wide. I half expected someone to be running up to our car or something, but she put her foot on the brake 
and was getting ready to shift the car into drive. All she said was, This car is coming up right behind us, and it is not slowing down. She was preparing for impact. We were not parked in the middle of the road, or in the way by any means. We were right up next to the curb that was about 30 feet from where my building was. I panicked and went to turn around so that I could see what this person was doing. I immediately recognized the same white car that about 30 minutes ago had passed us going in the opposite direction. I thought it was odd and even made a comment to my friend that it was the same car we previously saw. The next part of the story was in slow motion for me. I can see it clear as day. The driver suddenly swerved out of our way, and it felt like a movie. As she passed us on the left, I noticed her car seemed to slow way down. She was barely two inches from my friend's driver's side door. I assumed maybe this lady was about to pull up to try to talk to us, or maybe yell at us for parking there. What happened next, I will never forget. I looked at her, and her head was not turned towards us like most people do when you look at the car next to you. Her body, her whole entire body, was turned facing us. How was that possible while you are sitting down in a car with your hands on the steering wheel at the same time? My blood ran cold, a phrase I hear all the time and never understood until then. Her eyes were not a normal color either, They were pitch black. Her body seemed like it was not in a way a human would look, if that makes sense. When I noticed this about her, I felt, or maybe it happened, that her car drove past us in slow motion. So all we could do was stare at her twisted body and dark eyes as she passed us as close as she possibly could. I couldn't move. I couldn't breathe. I thought that the image I was looking at would never disappear. No longer did she or the car look the same. I remember even noticing that there was no boy in that car with her anymore. Then it was over. Her car went back to normal, and she drove out of the complex. I do not know how long my friend and I sat in her car, not speaking. I think we both were not sure if we saw the same thing. I felt like I was in such an evil presence, and I had nothing logical to go off of to explain it. We both confirmed what we saw, and then I told her I was going to bolt my apartment door, and I asked her to make sure to tell me when she got home safely. As I write this to someone reading, it may not seem as scary as it is in my head. I have a hard time writing out details of this story because of the terror I felt at the moment of time. I currently work in the office of this complex, so as I have been drafting this story, I am brought back to so many emotions that I felt all these years ago, just right outside my door. The paranormal may never be explained, but I know for a fact that we saw and felt something demonic and we were lucky it only decided to pass us by.
In my younger days, just after high school, I was what most would consider a vagrant. No home to speak of, but not quite homeless either. Growing up poor, in a poor, dying factory town assures few things. But most of the kids in my town knew and understood clearly that the only way to escape such a bleak place was to leave, find work somewhere else, and never come back. Unless you want to be trapped forever. I was no exception to this understanding. It was the result of this desperate retreat from certain poverty that led me to work as a laborer in the pipeline industry. Grueling work, but decent pay. A fair start for one such as myself. After about three months of working, my foreman, who we will call Jay, discovered that I was staying at a motel and wouldn't have it. He was kind enough to invite me to stay with his family until I found an apartment. I was grateful for the offer. Jay and his family were honest rural people who lived in an honest rural area. A house with a barn and a field surrounded by the wooded hills. No neighbors and one road in and out. Very similar to houses that I had seen and been around growing up. It was a great area and great company. I was thankful for such a turn of luck. The first evening I stayed there, Jay's wife got me situated in my room. I became acquainted with everyone in the house over dinner. After our meal, I stepped out for a cigarette and decided that the tree line behind their barn would be the best area to smoke privately and inoffensively. The sun had set, and then some. By the time I stepped out of the house, the moon was high and full, keeping the valley barely illuminated, and casting the surrounding hills as dark shadows against the star-filled sky. A night that I think most would find peaceful, but as soon as my boots met the grass, that primal, instinctive warning that one gets sometimes began to slowly creep into my core. That alarm that tells you, something isn't right here. Being young and dumb and brave, of course I shrugged it off and continued to the tree line, attempting to keep the growing feeling at bay. When I at last approached the shadowed tangle of trees and underbrush on the outskirts of their yard, I reached into my pocket, pulled out a pack of marble rose and my matches, then struck it alight. As I brought the match to my cigarette, I saw it. Mere feet away from where I was standing, just barely within the trees, was the stark and outstanding silhouette of something huge. It stood crouched and still had to be at least seven feet tall. It had large pointed ears and a narrowly elongated snout. Its eyes glimmered that weird infrared color you see when animals reflect light from their eyes at night. Oh my god. Oh my god, there's a wolf. That's a wolf. These were my initial panic-stricken thoughts. It was in the midst of this processing that I realized there was no way that this was a wolf because wolves don't stand upright and this creature was unmistakably on two legs. It was slouched low, one arm hung down past its haunches, 
the other was pressed firmly against a tree to the right of it. Broad shoulders and savage posture. It didn't move, but it didn't seem startled or threatened or afraid. Simply aware. It knew that I saw it, and it knew that I knew. I wish I could say that I did something, anything. I wish I could say that I ran or that I screamed, or even moved. But I was frozen in fear, standing rigid as a statue with nothing but a quickly dying matchlight between me and whatever monstrous thing was in front of me. We locked gazes for what felt like hours, but what was really probably only moments. It straightened up and backed away slowly into the darkness of the trees. No sound, not a broken twig or rustled leaf to be heard. As soon as my legs allowed me, I ran like hell back to the safety of Jay's house. I slammed the door behind me, and it was met with a look of concern from my foreman and his wife, who were watching TV in the living room. There's something out there. It was the only thing I could gasp. Jay exchanged a glance with his wife and looked back towards me. If you're going to stay here, you need to understand that there are things out in the woods, and you best not pay attention to them. He said so nonchalantly, like he was talking about last night's football game. You'll hear strange noises, and you'll ignore it. You'll see strange shadows, and you'll ignore them. And if you get a strange feeling, come inside and forget that you felt it. There are things out there we just don't understand. But we respect it because it's their land. We just live here. Now, it's been 15 years since my encounter with that creature in the woods. And I still think about it often. And though I stayed with Jay and his family for another three weeks after that night, I never felt easy on his property. That feeling never left. That warning stayed alert. And I'll never go out to the woods at night unless I have absolutely no other choice. Once you know what's out there, you never see things the same again. I know this might seem far-fetched, and I know that many won't believe what I'm saying. But this is a story that I had to share. When I was a kid, my parents took my sister and I to several national parks. Those parks were basically my Disneyland, so I guess it makes sense that I always wanted to do something involving wildlife and the outdoors as a career. Well, I retired from the National Park Service a few years ago. I started off as a part-time seasonal ranger, which is how most aspiring park rangers tend to start out in the hopes of eventually being offered a full-time position. I won't continue to ramble on too much with my career biography, but there are two types of rangers, interpretive, which are the ones who give tours and whatnot, and law enforcement officers, which is what I was. I eventually became chief ranger at a popular location on the West Coast, 
Being the chief ranger, I had the privilege of living on the park grounds itself, in a small house provided by the National Park Service. It took 45 minutes to get into town, but other than those sort of inconveniences, the reclusiveness was amazing. Stepping out of my home every day and being in the midst of hundreds of acres of natural land is a feeling like no other. I lived there year-round with my wife and two dogs. Okay, enough gushing. One night, like most other nights, I let my dog out before I turned in for bed and was stargazing while they were doing their business. Then suddenly, both dogs completely lost their minds and started barking bananas. Even on the rare occasion that somebody pulled up to the driveway or came to the door, they never barked like this. Even when wild animals would wander up to the house, the dogs just kind of went into a curious alert mode but didn't make much of a fuss. So I had no idea what the hell could have gotten them so stirred up. I stood there for a moment, trying to see whatever it is they saw. When I didn't see anything, I thought maybe it was actually just another person approaching the property, but I was just unable to see them. So I went inside and grabbed my gun and flashlight, then came back outside and kept my back against the wall, listening to the dogs and waiting to hear anything else. After a few longer seconds of their incessant barking, I decided to walk out to where I was before. That's when I saw it. A glowing orb of sorts, floating about 30 feet off the ground, right around where the property turns into denser woods. All I could make out was the light itself. I didn't see any structural body to it. It was mostly white, but with a faint blue hue. Just a really big, twinkling star, almost like the ones I had just been admiring moments earlier. My depth perception felt a bit off, but based on where I felt I saw this thing, I'd guess it was no more than three to five feet in diameter. As soon as I had the mind to point my flashlight at it, I got what I can only describe as a really bad brain freeze and began to feel incredibly weak and nauseous. I admit, it'd be kind of cool to say I woke up to aliens liposuctioning the fat from my stomach with a metallic hose and lived to tell the tale, but nothing that blatant happened. However, sometimes not knowing is even more unsettling. All I remember after experiencing those horrible body sensations is waking up on the ground with one of my dogs licking my face. I still had my gun, but my flashlight was gone. I was able to go back inside to immediately check on my wife, and thank God, she was safe in bed asleep. I checked the time, and sure enough, two hours had passed. I later verified this by checking the timestamp of a late email I sent right before going outside with the dogs. I then felt like I had to vomit, so I turned on the bathroom light and saw I had dried blood surrounding my mouth and nose. I threw up, but only bile came out. As I was washing up, I noticed my wedding ring was missing too. It has never once even come close to falling off on its own, and I'd definitely remember taking it off, so I'm positive I was wearing it when I went outside. I took an emergency leave of absence that morning and went to see a doctor. 
I just said I suddenly started having really bad migraines, accompanied by nausea. After some routine questions, I was simply offered migraine medication after my vitals were checked. I didn't want anybody at work thinking I've lost my mind or that I'm not fit for work, so I've only ever told my wife and best friend this story. And especially now that I'm retired, there's no harm in sharing. My wife believes me and luckily didn't think it's just a far-fetched alibi for losing my wedding ring. Although when I got to the part about the ring, I could tell she at least considered the option. As we were coming up with explanations, she thought maybe, emphasis on maybe, if I did actually get visited by aliens or whatever else, maybe they took my ring for its platinum. Who knows? I guess the flashlight was just a souvenir. This was several years ago, a few days before Christmas. I walked into my kitchen, where my sister, brother, and two cousins were all seated around the table. I poured water into my mug, put the tea bag in, and put the mug into the microwave. At this point, my cousin asked, What are you doing? I said, Making tea. She said, No, I mean... Why are you using the microwave? I didn't know what she meant. This was how I usually made tea at the time. So then my other cousin and my sibling jumped in, basically saying that I had earlier that same day given them all a lecture about how unhealthy microwaves are. Apparently, I had actually cited a study where both boiled water and microwaved water were cooled and when each of them were poured on houseplants, the one with the microwave water died. Now I was totally confused, because not only did I have no recollection of this exchange, but I had actually never heard of that study, and especially at a time when using the microwave so often. In fact, my cousin looked it up, and it is a real study. It's been debunked, but you know, it's a thing. So all of us were totally confused by this. But what can you do? At first, I thought that they were just messing with me, and they thought that I was messing with them. The one thing I now know for a fact is that I was not messing with them. But I really don't think that they were with me either, for starters. That would be very elaborate and weirdly specific. They've never done anything remotely like it before or since. And all these years later, my no-nonsense older brother maintains that he remembers my lecture. Plus, my siblings and cousins don't even really like each other enough to conspire on anything. And then there's the icing on the cake. A few hours after this initial confusion, we discussed it again. My dad was in the room now barely half-listening, and reading a paper. I overheard my cousin reporting that the microwave study was a real thing and giving some details. And he piped up to say, 
Oh, yeah. That's what Grace was telling me about earlier. So now five people, at least three of whom I trust immensely, all heard me saying something that, as far as I'm concerned, was literally impossible for me to have done and said. Now, I'll admit, especially back then, it was totally the type of thing that I might have done. It wasn't out of character. But I don't think that I could have blacked out, formed new opinions on microwaves, found research to back it up, lectured my family, then went back to my room and forgotten about all of it. I was 25 and literally had been completely sober for about six months at the time. It makes no sense. Who was that? I like to imagine that when she got back to her universe, none of her family members remembered any of what she said, and she just assumed they were bad listeners. Let me assure you that I have, for many years since, been boiling water for tea instead of using the microwave. But I still don't think there's anything wrong with the microwave. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Odd Trails. This week you have heard The Red Balloon by Julie. The Voice Beneath My Bed and The Woman with the Flannel by J.C. T. She Was Not Human by Becky. There's Something in the Woods by St. Circa. Stories from a Park Ranger by Rory. And finally, My Doppelganger Lectured My Family by Grayson. All of the stories you've heard this week were narrated and produced with the permission of their respective authors. Odd Trails is not associated with any message boards online. And if you have a story to share, send it to stories at oddtrails.com. Yo, Andy, so I just... <laughs> Yo, <laughs> So, <laughs> Andy, I am curious. Have you ever had your own paranormal experience? And if you have, would you like to share with our listeners... Yeah, actually, I had an alien encounter. I've talked about it a few times on other podcasts, but the majority of people have probably never heard of this. When I was about 20, 21, I was living in a small town. You're probably familiar with it. I am. The lovely little place we uh, spent most of our days as youngins. And uh, I was driving down the highway late at night. I was coming home from just hanging out with some friends. And it was a two-lane highway, really dark. There are no streetlights or anything on the highway and I see this bright light in the sky so I slow down because it starts getting bigger and closer and the closer it gets and the bigger it gets I would assume I would be hearing like helicopter noises or something because it seemed like a helicopter it wasn't moving around it was just coming down slowly and I rolled down my window and I couldn't really hear anything and it was getting really close I want to say like 30-40 feet above me and it was really freaking me out so I pulled over and it was just there, hovering over me. It didn't have any shape, it was just a light. And I looked back, and there was another person that pulled over behind me, the only other person on the road at the time. We both got out of our car and just stared up at this thing. It was just this bright light. I can't say how big it was, it's hard to remember. But I 
tried to talk to the guy, but he was uh, an Indian gentleman and did not speak English, so we had no way to really talk about it. Uh, besides just kind of point up at it and be like, I don't know, what the fuck? <laughs> and it basically just went back up into the sky slowly. It didn't make any noise. It was quiet, and, and it just just disappeared up into the sky. It got smaller as it, as it went back up pretty fast. We didn't say anything. We just got into our cars and drove back home. And that was it, as, as far as I, at least, that's, I thought that was it. The next morning... Oh, I know what happens here. What? You woke up in bed with that guy? <laughs> no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was just hoping you got a little lucky there. <laughs> no, I didn't get so lucky. I got unlucky because when I got up to go to work the next day, I get into my car and I look up at my window. I'm living with my, living with my parents at the time. And there was this handprint next to my window. Uh, it looked like like a dirty handprint. And the way that it was, it was positioned was it was as if somebody were putting their hand on the wall outside of my house next to my window and peering in. So the fingers were like facing my window. And so I ran back upstairs and reached out and like kind of brushed where it was to see what what kind of substance that was on their sticky substance was on this person's hand and it was like ash it it was weird it just kind of flaked off into my hand um i showed it to my parents they were like yeah that's super weird i don't know but they didn't really think twice about it they're like yeah whatever some guy's looking at my son yeah Uh, he's he's an adult he can deal with it uh but the weird thing is there was no ledge there's no roof there's no way for anybody to get to that window they would have had to have had a ladder really creepy stuff or a spacecraft with extension arms that's exactly what I was thinking that's, I mean, that's that was my first only, thought yeah. it's the only logical explanation mm-hmm. why would it be anything else anyways uh, nothing happened after that I did have some weird shadow people like sleep paralysis experiences after that but I've had those throughout my life I don't know you know it's interesting that you don't recall the exact size and distance away the light was because it kind of reminds me of the story that was narrated on this episode um the park ranger he said when his dog started barking he looked and noticed like a ball of white that was like off into the distant horizon but even he he couldn't tell exactly how big the ball of light was and you said if i'm not mistaken yours was just like a pure like shimmering like white ball right or did yeah. it have like a blue hue to it, it or kind of like a didn't have a hue it didn't have a real shape it was just kind of a circular light Hmm. Yeah, just a bright light. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, if any of you have had a, a similar or even an exact experience, please write in. Let us know. We want to hear your stories. Uh, don't forget to send them in to stories at oddtrails.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We really and truly look forward to putting these episodes together each and every week. Yeah, we'll see everybody next week for a brand new episode of Odd Trails. Stay safe. You got to say your peace out. No. Yeah, we, we'll Peace. S- <laughs> stay safe.